And good morning or good afternoon, everyone. This is Nelson, Nelson J. Sombrano here with Investing in America, where we talk about how to invest in the U.S., specifically real estate. We go with some of the topics, uh, some of the areas as well, um, and also have interesting guests. Today, I have here Kimberly Henderson, okay? Kimberly Henderson. She is president of CEO of Neighborhood Housing Services of South Florida. It's a community development nonprofit operating in South Florida, um, and she's, uh, she's a transplant. She's actually... She's actually from the capital. She's now here in the hinterlands of the empire uh, called South Florida. And um, so she's a transplant from D.C. Uh, why is this episode important? Because we're going to talk about home ownership. We always talk about investing, but the building block is home ownership for building wealth. So we've got Kim here today. Uh, it has not been easy to get Kim. She actually has a big, very big event taking place, which I highly encourage everyone to um, dial in and listen in. So, Kim, a pleasure to have you. Good to be here. Thank you. No, 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 Kim. Thank you. Thank you. So, Kim, Kim, tell tell us a little bit about Kim. Kim Henderson, who Kim T. Henderson, who's come down from D.C. to South Florida. Well, I, you're right. I'm a transplant. I spent over 25 years working in Washington, D.C. I started in the federal government. Then I went to the private sector for a few years. And then I landed in um, the nonprofit sector where I have, for the most part, remained. And I really enjoy the work. And uh, this position came up. I applied and I decided it's uh, a wonderful opportunity to do the kinds of things that I want to do and to hopefully make a difference for um, low wealth communities in South Florida. Well, Kim, I would definitely say, well, first of all, I'm very happy that you're here. Um, as you can tell in South Florida, real estate here goes for a premium, um, especially key areas and there's gentrification that takes place. So to be able to help uh, low wealth communities um, is, is, quite a, is quite an undertaking. So um, to your, what you do, and you do affordable housing, financial literacy, housing counseling, those are all things that are in high demand in specific mm -hmm. communities. Actually, let me rephrase that. I would venture to say in all communities, mm -hmm. all communities across the board, um, even even in uh, affluent, very affluent areas. Uh, I, I remember uh, I have a person and, and she's, she's going to be a guest and she's a good friend of mine. And she said, Nelson, um, in real estate, when people buy and sell a home, and it's surprising, even the most affluent she says, if, if people are looking for a, a financial advice, they'll grill a financial planner. They'll look at their background. Um, but for buying and selling a home, people will get their financial advice, which is generally their biggest asset. And it'll be from uh, some person who does it on a part-time basis that uh, takes a long time to return phone calls. Um, so, so that's always an amazing thing when she brought she, and she says, Nelson, I sold some of the expensive homes in Florida. And, and that's my competition, a person who is a part-timer, you know? So mm -hmm. yes, yes. So what you're doing is, is something uh, very important. Kim, what's the obvious question here? Why is home ownership so important? Why is home ownership so important? Uh, you know, owning real estate and home ownership in general is foundational to building wealth in, mm -hmm. in this country. If you stop and think about it, there's not one uber wealthy person that you can think of 
that doesn't have a large real estate portfolio as part of their wealth building strategy. Uh, you know, almost every famous person I've ever read about, uh, Oprah, um, many others have made real estate a part of how they um, uh, generate income and build wealth. Uh, for middle-class people and working class and lower middle-class people, purchasing a home will probably be one of the largest purchases we ever make. Mm -hmm. And um, it becomes a incredible opportunity if done properly to, to build wealth and, and set our, our future up. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think of um, some people from my former staff who purchased very early on in Washington, D.C., Mm. And they are now sitting on property with anywhere from 250 to nearly a million dollars in equity. Mm. And as long as they don't constantly remortgage the property, um, for many of them, that's probably larger than their retirement accounts. Yes. And, and it's practically passive income. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to appreciate regardless of what you do, you mow the lawn, you don't mow the lawn. If you have a well-placed property in, in the right areas, it's mm -hmm. going to appreciate in value. Right. And so um, it, you know, it's just very important. And then also you want to be able to have housing of choice. Mm -hmm. You want to be mm -hmm. able to live where you want to live. And if you are a renter, whether you're renting in a low-income neighborhood or by the beach, you have no real rights outside of your lease. Right. And if that developer wants to tear that building down and make condos or even go back and make apartments, but this time they'll be three times what you pay, mm -hmm. they can do that. Mm -hmm. they, can do, they can literally push you out of your neighborhood. So why would that become, why is that important that you can easily be pushed out of your neighborhood? For a lot of people, that's where their community is. That's where their support system is. And, and so in order to really have that choice and to have control and power over where you're living, the best way to have that is through ownership. Mm -hmm. Because if you're just renting, you're at the whims of the market and, and of, of the owner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah that, that's so very true. Um, you know, when, when, I, when I think about how, and you, you talked about building wealth, and really it's about building equity, which, mm -hmm. which is your net worth, really. Mm -hmm. It's about increasing your net worth and that net worth is through the equity built up in home ownership right um, and then it also contributes to having strong families uh, i mean there's a whole slew of secondary and tertiary positive effects that come along with that um, well and a prime example of that is economic development is more likely to happen in areas with a high home ownership rate than not uh, and as you alluded to with uh, education there are a lot of interesting studies out there that show children 
who live in homes that their parents own uh, have better educational outcomes. There, there's just so many benefits um, to, to owning and, um, and building a sense of community where you own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's a huge thing to be able to build that sense of community to participate in the growth of that community as well because that's part of your appreciation um, mm-hmm. is the more that community, the better that community gets, the more it appreciates and your property will also appreciate right. as well. And that's exactly. also your equity and that's your net worth. Right. So yes, that, that, that's a huge thing. Um, Kim, it, when we're talking about home ownership, there's that, there's that expression, first time homeowner, could you, or first time buyer, let's get even more specific. Can you go into that first time buyer? So uh, the definition, I'm gonna use the uh, US Department of Housing and Urban Development definition, Mm -hmm. because you may have um, listeners or real estate agents who are working with with a family that might decide to take uh, advantage of um, uh, government-sponsored down payment assistance. Mm -hmm. That's where the definition becomes important. A first-time home buyer is defined as anyone as of the date of application three years prior to the date of applying for financial assistance does not have ownership interest in uh, property anywhere in the United States. So what that would mean is, I guess, in 2019, um, as long as I've not owned anything since then, I would be considered a first-time home buyer. Now, maybe I owned a house in 2008 and I went into foreclosure and I decided to rent out of fear <laughs> and mm-hmm. also waiting for that foreclosure, the seven years it takes to come off of your record. Right. Now I'm ready to re-enter the homeownership market. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be the, considered a first-time home buyer because I don't, I haven't owned anything within three years of applying for, uh, for uh, government down payment assistance. Right, right. So that, that's typically how it's defined. So someone who owned years ago uh, could potentially still be considered a first time home buyer. Hmm. Well, that's good to know because I know some people are like, well, hey, I've, I've owned a home, so I don't qualify. So it's good to know the rules so that mm-hmm. way, because once you know the rules, you know how to how to play around them. Um, you know, Kim, how, how is the best way to prepare a person can prepare themselves for home ownership? Well, the best way to be prepared is to be organized, to have your finances organized, mm-hmm. Um you need to know what your family budget is, what, mm-hmm. what, what you have coming in and what's going out. And you really need a credit score in the 650 to 680 at the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. What I would recommend is that people take the extra, say, three to six months it would take to really get that credit score uh, into the 700s. Mm-hmm. If you're at 750, to 780 or higher, you'll get the best terms and rates um, that are out there. You're gold. Uh, You can get anything you want. 
-hmm. And that's what I'm kind of passionate about is helping, um, you know, people to improve their credit Mm -hmm. and and see the benefits of that. Even if you're uh, going to stay a renter, uh, who do you think landlords choose? They choose the people with the best credit score. Yeah. And also, as a matter of fact, just for the listeners, two things. One, the person with the best credit score is in a, always in a better position to negotiate. You mm-hmm. can even negotiate a uh, smaller down payment. If you're mm-hmm. renting, you can negotiate a smaller deposit. You can negotiate better terms. Why? Because uh, as an investor myself, I want people that have demonstrated better habits. Um, and that is reflected in the credit score. The other thing is I will be having, we will be having on a person from, um, it's not a credit improvement because that's the wrong word to use, uh, but from the credit agencies. So I will be having them on as a guest as well to talk about how people can improve their credit scores, which is very important all across the board, whether they're renting or they're going to buy well, we're uh, Neighborhood Housing Services of South Florida is a HUD certified housing counseling agency. And one of the things we do is we work with people to um, improve their credit, to uh, correct their credit, to um, uh, increase their credit score so that they can uh, purchase a home or become a, a business owner or just feel, have a greater sense of financial well being. Um, and our services are free and open to the public, regardless of income. Hmm. So that brings up a very good point right here. Um, Kim, uh, our very own Kim here in South Florida, is holding an event here. Um, <clears throat> it is a home ownership event. It's not, excuse me, my voice here. Uh, it's going for homeowners uh, and home buyers. Kim, can you tell us a bit about that event? Uh, yes, um, it is called Housing the Future Together. Uh, it is a home buyer and home owner expo. Uh, we have uh, targeted because our partner is uh, Miami Dade County uh, Department of Public Housing and Community Development. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've targeted to Miami Dade County residents. But about 80% of the the learning and the workshops and the vendors would be useful information to anybody, no matter where they live. Hmm. So um, we're really excited. We have, it's two basic learning opportunities. One is for that first time home buyer. Any and everything you need to know about how to successfully, successfully become a homeowner uh, where what the different lending products are, uh, where are the opportunities to find a home, uh, what are the financial assistance programs for down payment and closing of cost assistance, what's the best way to insure the home, um, uh, what's the best way to protect it with insurance. We have over uh, 30 vendors, seven of them are lenders, and it's the who's who in the lending world. They're all there. They're going to be there to talk about their community lending uh, programs. Most of these financial institutions have made um, pledges to increase home ownership, particularly among uh, communities of color. 
and um, in areas that have uh, uh, been struggling like South Florida. So it's gonna be a fantastic opportunity to learn about how to become a first time home buyer, how to become a homeowner. And there, there's also going to be representatives from government agencies talking about the down payment and closing cost assistance programs that are out there. And one of the new and exciting things is they're really trying to say, particularly to young families starting out, these programs are for you as well. These programs are not just for poor people. And that's one of the misconceptions. Uh, mm -hmm. You have to look at uh, the income chart and you can see that for many, many types of people, they fit somewhere within, the, um, uh, within that income chart. They can get some level of, uh, of assistance. Uh, in addition, we have also uh, done some learning opportunities for existing homeowners. Mm -hmm. um, and again, examples of that would be refinancing your home, mm -hmm. or maybe you got in trouble during the pandemic and you're in a, uh, a forbearance plan. All, all of the forbearance plans and moratoriums on uh, foreclosures and evictions are expiring. Mm -hmm. So what are your steps? How do you negotiate with your loan servicer in a way that doesn't break you. So we have a session to get those questions answered. Uh, in addition, we have Solar United with us. We have uh, the Office of Resiliency uh, talking about the programming that they make available around energy efficiency, heat mitigation, and water conservation. Um, we have the Single Family Rehab program office there. So if you have a home and you are trying to figure out what government programs are out there or what cost-effective ways uh, can I make sure that my home is protected and maintained, that I can survive another pandemic or another um, hurricane, um, that, that's why we put this together to really um, bring all these resources together under one tent. And, and I want to speak a little bit again about like if you're refinancing or if you are trying to get a mortgage, they always tell you you should shop around. And we know that that's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. And the more loan officers you talk to, the more likely you're going to get that heavy kind of sales pressure. So here's a chance to come and again, this is a virtual event to come to this event. And you have over seven lenders, all the big names, JP Morgan Chase, Citibank, Truist, all the, the biggies. And you can talk with them several at a time without feeling pressured. Um, and so you can compare and contrast the information and the, the loan products that they have uh, available. So it's a really a good day uh, to get a lot done in a small amount of time. Well, Kim, you said you practically uh, gave me my schedule lineup for my next 405 podcast right there. Um, and before I get into that, Kim, what date and time is this? It is Saturday, October 30th from 9 to 5 p.m. 
and it's all virtual, it's online, correct? It is all virtual. Uh, you can visit our website at www.nhssf.org and there are links to the registration site. And we're using this wonderful technology. You're gonna feel like you're actually at the event. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's better than just a basic Zoom. It'll be a nice immersive experience. You'll be able to set appointments with the speakers. You'll be able to send questions and you'll be able to chat with the speakers. So we have all that functionality. And we're also gonna be raffling off some game day tickets and a couple of other goodies to people who are registered and 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 show up oh well kim i will definitely be there um so right quick you said you're also going to have people there from solar to talk about what solar energy and programs yes okay so that's going to be really interesting and on the heating because um just like we're building equity right in the house well, the more mm -hmm. expenses that we can reduce, can right. eliminate them, but more that we can reduce is more left of the, of the monthly cash flow for us. And it helps build up the equity uh, even faster. So that's fantastic. I will definitely be listening in to the mm -hmm. folks talking about solar. Um, mm -hmm. Question, two things. One, let's say I'm an investor and I'm looking to get a duplex, a triplex, a fourplex, and I'm a first-time home buyer. Mm -hmm. thoughts there applicable well, i i encourage it for some but not all people at the end of the day if you get a, a, a more than one unit um and the hud definition and the banking definition a multifamily is five units or more and single family is obviously four units or less so if you buy a, a triplex a duplex a quad and you're gonna live in one and then rent out the other, what that does is it turns you into a landlord and you have to be prepared for that responsibility hmm. because you're also going to be a landlord uh, with people who live in the same property that you do. Right. Um, and, and so you can prepare yourself for that. There are some uh, HUD certified housing counseling agencies that uh, do landlord training. Uh, for that very reason. The reason why I think it's a good idea to do it is obviously you can probably collect enough rent to pay your, your entire mortgage. Mm -hmm. And it really becomes a way uh, to rapidly get that property uh, paid off so that you truly own it 100%. And then you're generating that practically passive income uh, that covers your living expenses and then allows you to actually save yeah yeah that's a fantastic i did not know by the way that there was the hud certified uh landlord um the training so that's a fantastic mm -hmm. that is fantastic because a lot of folks will say hey i want to do house hacking which for the folks that don't know what house hacking is is when you're bringing roommates into the house so to speak and then you're renting out rooms so that is a fantastic fantastic mm -hmm. item um, no, it, it's kind of interesting. We have all these, you know, sort of cool names for things that, you know, our foreparents, they just did it. They had to, you know, you, 
rented out rooms in your house as a way to survive, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so uh, now they have names for it. And they're cool. <laughs> Other than they're I'm cool. out a room in my house. Uh -huh. cool, you know. I, I, have I have borders. It's just not right. cool. But I'm right. house hacking. House hacking will, will get you hooked up on South Beach. Yeah, I have that borders. Was the, that, yeah, yeah right? that was the term. That was the term of yeah. borders, right. I have borders and... You always had that image of Forrest Gump and his mom had the borders in the house. She had an Airbnb, by the way, and there was Elvis Presley came by and all that, but it wasn't cool. But your house hacking, you're cool. So, uh, Kim, any special programs do you have there for veterans on that day? Um, we, um, our lenders will be able to talk about veteran programs, but right now we don't have uh, like a, a designated um, uh uh, session of mm -hmm. veterans, but we uh, we do have uh, uh, loan officers that lend to veterans and and understand how that process works. It is different. It's mm -hmm. great programs, hundred percent usually. Uh, so we do have lenders that can uh, walk them through that process and 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 also do a loan. Okay. Well, fantastic. Well, good, good, good. So Kim, uh, as we're wrapping up here, uh, a question I ask all my guests, what is one habit that you would say has contributed, uh, habit or routine that has contributed to your success? You know, I, that that's interesting. You, you say it, and, and this wouldn't be helpful to anyone that's agnostic, but when, when I was, um, uh, getting ready to, to leave Milwaukee and start college in Iowa, I talked to an older elder in my church and she said, get a good education and, and stay with the Lord, stay with, stick with God, you know, and that is the best advice I've ever gotten. I haven't always taken it. I did well in the education part, but it's not always easy to, to hold faith. But I, I do that now. I got rebaptized a month ago, mm -hmm. and I I'm I I'm always listening to my pastor because he's really good. And I think finding a place where you're fed spiritually and and being in meditation and in prayer. It's a very good habit. I know it's made a difference for me. Mm -hmm. Well, um, and, and I don't, uh, I don't get too much into religion, but I will say that having faith is extremely important. If a person um, has been through 2008 uh, in the economy, and if you had property, you were looking for some faith. Um, <laughs> You were looking for some serious. I, I was there. I, yeah. And I had a project and woo. Yeah. yeah God, came, let me tell you, God came through. It was only that. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> uh, were, it, it, yeah. you were looking for some faith. Uh, I knew two investors. Uh, one was uh, Jewish. The other was Muslim. They were partners. And I remember 2008 came and they were like, hey, we, we, we ought to be at the front of the line of whatever the good stuff. These two guys were something else. And, um, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010 was a different story. So uh, you got to get your faith wherever you can get it. Um, I think I heard Dan Pena talk. He's a 
big yeah. investor. And then Pena said something to the effect of, uh, if you don't have faith, you better get some. And uh, also continuous education and continuous learning. Mm -hmm. And that's why we exist as an organization. Uh, we have lots of financial literacy training. We have some that is on demand, meaning you can take it online and you don't have to leave your house and you can go at your own pace. Um, we have, we call it skip the trip uh, services. And what we've noticed is that everyone will take the home buyer certification class because you need it in order to get down payment assistance. But we have classes on budgeting, on avoiding foreclosure, and we don't have as many people as we would love to see in those classes. And I think, you know, everyone, given what we've all been through in these last couple of years, everyone should try to learn as much as they can about money, about saving, about investing. Learn as much as you can about it to put your family on the path to prosperity. You know, Kim, that is huge. Uh, I remember my brother and I we were talking about this, and he said that a lot of this uh, also comes down to the environment that you grew up in. So um, the conversation at the dinner table is huge. If the conversation at the dinner table is about social media and celebrities and sports, well, then that's kind of where you're stuck. If the conversation is about, hey, um, how's it going with that property? Or, hey, let's talk about your IRA or let's talk about the new rule that came out and you can put some more away. Or let's talk about how that stock or that mutual fund is doing. Or, uh, hey, are you talking to those agents and you know get that deal before it goes in the market? That all has a lot to do with the education, mm -hmm. with the environment that's created. Uh, as a matter mm -hmm. of fact, Kim, I'll throw out an idea for you. Uh, maybe create like a, a special Facebook group uh, of first-time home buyers of, of, you know, right? What's that? Um, someone said he said savers eventually become homeowners, eventually become investors, you know, right? And, and, and it all happens. It's it's interesting you say that. We're building out an online platform of that uh, people who work with us and also our clients can be a part of a community. We, we uh, are working on that. And I think it'll be launched before the end of the year. So it's well, something that people can, again, nhssf.org. Well, there you go. So Kim, I want to respect your time. Uh, I want to say double and triple thank you for, uh, for your time, for their knowledge. Ah, one more question. A question right here, right? We have these families and blended families. Let's say one person they're not married yet, owns a home, or better yet, they get married, one owns a home, the other does not own a home. Can the other spouse that does not own a home, can they use be a first-time home buyer? Uh, that's a tricky one. If they go in on that application together, most uh, government programs take total household income. So mm -hmm. that means they collect total uh, household data. And when they see that property mm. uh, for one spouse, it's it that would probably be problematic. But here's what I, I would uh -huh. say. A, a lot of people feel priced out of the market right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And what I would love to see more of is people coming together to buy property together. Mm. So that could be two friends, two siblings, 
uh, to people who are related somehow, it might be more affordable to own if you purchase together. And that's and great. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's and, the and community then, working right there. That's community exactly. at work. And you have to decide on an exit strategy up front, and there should be a written agreement on how you'll exit that agreement. But I would love to see more people uh, do that as a way to, you know, plant their flag uh, on this uh, Miami-Dade soil or South Florida soil so that you're not priced out uh, of this region. That's a fantastic because uh, you said something, two things key. One is people partnering up, right? It's like a joint venture and here we're going to do this together. And then the key thing, and I have someone who I consider to be a friend and I look up to, in every conversation we start, he always starts it with the end in mind by saying, Nelson, what's the exit strategy? You know, his name is Lance. I'll just throw it out there. Lance, big shout out to you because you always start up our conversations. What's the exit strategy? Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's a fantastic thing. Uh, Kim, thank you very much. Can you just do us a little, a little reminder of the event, please, on the date? Yes, Saturday, October 30th from 9 to 5 p.m., the Housing the Future Together Home Buyer and Homeowner Expo. It's a virtual event. Visit our website at nhssf.org for all the information. We also have a Facebook page and you can like it and share it with your friends. Okay. And again, Kim, thank you very much. Um, and I will make sure I promote this uh, as much as possible because you have, uh, this is a very, something very, very, very important um, to everyone, whether it's certain communities, communities of color, or even folks that saying, hey, I want to get started investing. This is a great place to get started. Kim, double and triple thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nelson. All right. And thanks to your audience for listening. And hopefully I look forward to seeing them Saturday. I'll do my best. And everyone, again, investing in America, um, we'll be having out an episode every Wednesday coming out also the book as well. Hopefully that's the, not hopefully it will be coming out the beginning of 2022 and the YouTube channel as well. All right, folks, take care. Nelson signing off.